It was very open. It wasn't regimented. You know, it wasn't a credit course. Everybody with different skill levels. We even, you know, had a Ford. We tried all sorts of things. It wasn't real technical. It was more, you know, get in there and try things. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hey, Jim, one of my customers told me they were going to a Mazek event at their corporate offices in a few weeks. Have you ever heard about this? You guys use Mazek, don't you? Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know I have Mazek equipment in my shop and I love it. And I'm pretty sure your customer is attending the Discover 2015, which is Mazek's technology and education event. They have it every other year. I've been to the last two and we'll be there again this year. What's it all about? It's awesome. It's much more than just seeing equipment being showcased like at a tool show. You actually get to walk the production floor and see Mazak machines making Mazak machines. It's totally interactive and their staff is there working the entire time you're touring. You get an up-close and personal perspective on the manufacturing process from inception to completion. It's really an organic way to see how the machines are built. Well, that's different. Do you have the intention of buying a new machine? Absolutely. Well, definitely earmarking a purchase is in my future. But more importantly, what I like is I love seeing the new technology. It keeps me on the cutting edge and it gets me excited about the future of manufacturing. Cool. When is it? It's October 27th through the 29th. And then the next week after that, it's November 3rd, through the 5th at their corporate headquarters, their North American corporate headquarters, that is, in Florence, Kentucky. It's just about 20 minutes south of Cincinnati. So if any of our listeners would like to go, how would they register for the event? Super easy. Go to mazakusa.com. From there, find the Discover 2015. You can't miss it. Click register, and that's it. A Mazak rep will follow up with more details about that day. Great. I'm going to have to talk to them about going to the event myself. You better go. Yeah, I should. And just to reiterate, that's Mazak USA, Discover 2015, and then register. You got it, man. Hope to see you there. All right. Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name is Jason Zenger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing companies and manufacturing leaders. Absolutely. How you doing, Jim? I'm well. I got a funny feeling we're going to inspire some people today on this episode. Yeah. So on one of our previous episodes, we were there to equip our manufacturing leaders related to acquisitions. And today we're going to you know, talk about an inspiring story about following your passion in the manufacturing industry. But before we get to that, Jim, do you have any news, uh, any business news to talk about? Yeah, you know, tomorrow, I got I to be honest, I'm, I was asked to sit on a panel discussion at the DMDII. It is the Digital Design 
Manufacturing Innovation Institute. It's in downtown Chicago. Yeah, it's one of those collaborations between the government and private industry that they that they're doing around the country that we've talked about several times on the on the show. Right. So I was asked to sit with a couple of my TMA board directors and talk about smart manufacturing and how we're implementing that into our shops. Yeah. And I'm going to be there too. I'm looking forward to having you there. Maybe we'll have some new ideas for a new episode. Yeah, that would be great. I know. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great big takeaway. How about you? What's going on at Zangers? Tell me something good. Well, you know, we talked about in the previous episode about the acquisitions and, you know, just still working at that. A lot of times, you know, things don't happen as quickly as what happens in Tom's story. You know, they usually take a lot longer. So just been spending, you know, our, our company, you know, just everybody at the company that that's involved spending a lot of time trying to kind of move the needle forward as far as the acquisitions go. Is everybody on board with that or there's definitely some mixed feelings, you know, when you when you run a family business, different people have different feelings about that, but you know, we're all kind of, you know, driven towards the same vision and you know, we've got a lot of people involved. There's my father, my mother, my wife, my sister, you know, and you that's know, what, so yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot that's of moving parts there. And you know, fortunately, you know, we're always family first in everything that we do and we really everybody gets along and everybody's on the same page and everybody knows their role, but you know, everything needs to be talked through and it's never easy, I guess you would say. It's not. I mean, it's just like my business succession plan and my, it took years and it was constant talking and I'd have to get my dad on a good day when, you know, it was time to say, Hey, I really think we should start moving this business over. I can totally understand where you're coming from and I sympathize with you. Yeah. I mean, even though, you know, I guess maybe I'm perceived as the voice in front of Zenger's a lot to do with the podcast, but there's a lot of other people that are speaking into my ear and that I'm looking to for advice. I mean, I put a lot of weight and, you know, hold the opinion of my controller. He's doing probably the bulk of the work as far as that goes. So yeah, the heavy lifting. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of people involved. We'll just keep the conversation going. Exactly. We all wish you the best. Thank you. Why don't we get into the into the podcast and um, if you could introduce our guests. Yeah, so I have to share with the listeners first. I'll tee up Michelle. Back in uh, spring of 2015, I was at a manufacturing summit at a local community college here in Palatine, Illinois called Harper College. I listened to a couple of keynote speakers that day. And this woman named Michelle Mabry got up and talked and told her story about how she was enrolled in the welding program at Harper College. And I have to tell you, Jason, that her story, it was so compelling and inspired me so much because I could feel her passion for the industry, feel her passion for welding. And she seemed uh, so excited about where she was going. And she happens to be sitting right in front of us in the she studio. Does, so welcome, Michelle. So, Michelle. Thank you. Thank welcome. you very much for having me. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're welcome. Pleasure to have you with us today. So yeah, Michelle, I contacted Michelle a couple months ago. We we're trying to get her on the show. And finally, we got our days aligned and she's here. And she, we were just talking a little bit before we went live on mic. And a little bit about Michelle. She's an extremely cultured individual. We just got to know she was born in California at age five. Her dad worked for Rockwell International. They asked the family to move to Curso in, the, in uh, the Caribbean. Her dad managed that particular plant there. They were there for about five years. The plant closed. She moved on to different areas of the Caribbean. She lived in New Zealand. She went back to California. And one day, she said, I'm going to move to Chicago. And <laughs> it's a place to be. Michelle, you said you moved to Chicago with what? 
One bag, a skateboard, and a one-way ticket. There you go. And ever since then, she's loved the town. We just finished talking about that. And Michelle got a job uh, working for UPS in April of 1989. She segued into a UPS driver. And during that time, she was delivering parcel in the Evanston area. And she met a gentleman by the name of Sam. And she can correct me on his last name. Sam Nichols that owned the Evanston Art Center and she was fascinated by what he was doing and with his functional sculptures that he was making and the welding that he was doing there and that just inspired her to pursue it. So Michelle's now enrolled in Harper College in the welding program. She's going to graduate in 2017 with honors. Michelle, again, I'd like uh, it's just great to have you here. Why don't you pick it up from where I left off from that point that you met Sam in that Evanston art gallery where he was doing all this welding, and share with us and our listeners what you felt, what came up over you, and what inspired you to enroll in uh, the Harper Welding Program. Well, at the Evanston Art Center, I think, I don't know if maybe I saw what was being done there and thought, wow, I want to learn how to do that. Um, There were lots of different art you know, there was wood and everything there, but the welding was what I was interested in. And we dove right in and it was only on the weekends, but I was there every weekend. It was very open. It wasn't regimented. You know, it wasn't a credit course. Everybody with different skill levels. We even, you know, had a Ford. We tried all sorts of things. It wasn't real technical. It was more, you know, get in there and try things. I don't know. I think... To me, metal is very forgiving. It can be. Yes, it can exactly. be. When you're, when, except when you're trying to uh, machine it to a very close right, tolerance, yes, and, and then you, we you you miss it. I wasn't doing that, but then um, that was one of the things I think that was interesting to me. You know, fire and um, molding something, and I don't know. I just loved it, all the different types. And then when I left UPS, I missed it. I was running on the Harper track one day, and I thought. Oh, let me enroll in a welding class. And I just, one class at a time, took the classes and decided to get the certificate, which was all that was offered at the time. Was just a certificated welding program. It wasn't like a NIMS credential or anything. Well, you did get AWS credentials, yes. You had to do, you know, Ben tests and which are... um, Was it specific like, was it first bead welding, arc welding, and then MIG and TIG, and then torture? One Share and with two at the time, and I believe it's still the same. The program has changed a little bit, is Oxy and MIG. Oxy and MIG are welding one and two. And then three and four, you're going into more specific TIG, different materials, you know, stainless, um, depending on, I know, I don't know if they do a lot of stainless now anymore, but... Um, you have more um, specific projects, you know, more measured. You're you're working more cutting processes, things like that. So, but I think you know, depending on what you find you like. As I was speaking with the stick, uh, seventy eighteen is quote unquote easier, depending on who you are. I think the more time you spend with sixty ten, which is a type of stick welding. Okay, that's yes, what I was yes. just going to ask. So seventy eighteen yes, is yeah. a, a specific. Is it a chemical composition of the the rod that you're using? Yes. And okay. the 7018 is if you ask, you know, any any welder, they probably will prefer 7018 because it doesn't stick 
as much when you're welding, you know, when you're striking the arc, right. it doesn't stick 60, 10, you got to know how to work that 60, 10, but does, does I, one melt faster than the other? Or? No, they're used for different things. You know, they're used for different applications. 60, 10 is harder to manage, harder to get good at when you're using 60, 10. And it's, it's harder to uh, get certificate for 60, 10. It's just, it's more difficult. It's, okay. uh, it's just, a, it's just a more sophisticated technique. I'm not going to use the, the okay. language we used in the... Okay. In the, yeah. We'd have to bleep that out. Yeah. No, I have the hat that says, I love 7018. Okay. So, okay, yeah. good. Got so it. 7018. So you, you started doing the stick and then you, mm -hmm. tr you transitioned into the... You do MIG and TIG. Okay. And MIG, this is the truth, a monkey could MIG. Well, but it's, you know... So that's very, very forgiving. Is that the M and yes. MIG for monkey? No. <laughs> okay. No, it is not. <laughs> And TIG, I would say TIG is an art form. There are some people that are amazing TIG welders, and it is a time thing. It's a love-hate relationship. I got good at TIG, and then I was done, you know? You didn't want to do it anymore. Things. No, um, you have to be continually working with TIG. And depending on if you're doing aluminum, stainless, whatever, I think a lot of, um, you know, race car, the drivers and all the little components that some of those guys, there's some guys that are now that are It's popular in aftermarket TIG. auto racing parts. Is that what you're saying? Well, I would just say it's, if you're a TIG welder, you're hot, you're good. Okay. It's an art in okay. any, using any material. So, okay. Yeah. Which you can with that. You can do aluminum stainless. Yes. That's the big advantage to utilizing that particular type of welding. Yep. Is you can weld with any type of metal. That yes. You, yeah. How about titanium? We do not. Use, there's a lot of metals that we don't use at Harper because um, the toxicity of the fumes. And I'm thinking titanium. It is could be. Maybe. It, I don't know. I'm not aware of. Yeah. Uh, I've never welded with titanium. So you've got your credentialing. Partially, yes. Yes. And we uh, developed, they developed the degree program for Harper. And that's when I decided, well, I'm halfway there. I might as well go for the full two-year degree. So I'm still working on that because I'm part-time. But I hope to teach there. Oh, that Which would be is awesome. not, was not my original plan, but now that's Life what I want to Life is all about yes. making changes yes, and adjusting. pivoting yeah. uh, yep. in new directions where you find right. your life exactly. going. So you're working at Harper now too, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So once they found out your skill set and you, you liked the program, was there an objective to the reason why you started to work there? An opening came up. Oh, no. <laughs> Somewhere. Okay. And um, if And you, somebody approached you? Well, um, I you know, wanted to work there, but I needed a degree for the, wh what I wanted to do. So I was working in the welding lab as a student worker. So you do help if you've been through welding for, you are assisting people, you know, and I love oxy and MIG and stick and all that. So, you know, I would help people and you're cutting pieces for them to practice on, but that's kind of a low level job. No offense to student workers, but, and an opening came up in the receiving department. And um, one of the benefits was they would pay for two classes. Nice. So I was like, oh, there we go. So, Good fit. Um, yes. Good fit. I'm really lucky the people that I do work with, my boss is actually the one that suggested that I make that speech. So, and they gave me, I think, probably one and a half days prep time. Oh, the wow. original speech with Ronner. Yeah. And then, so the time that you saw me speak was the second time I gave it. Oh, okay. So, I, yeah. oh, the first time was with uh, Bruce Ronner, who is yes. now, who is now 
Yes. Our active governor of the state of he, Illinois. He was then too. Yeah. He was oh, was already, he? Okay. Yes. It okay. was just after he had become governor. So yeah. it was the opening of the manufacturing building that I did that. I so wh- what does the future look like? The future to me looks like finishing, getting my degree and hopefully teaching welding at Harper and um, also being able to weld sculpture on the side. But I think opening up just that world to people that maybe don't think that they can do it, don't think they can go to college. I think a lot of kids stay at Harper because of the camaraderie they find in the welding department. Yes, they're going to take other classes, but they often come to the welding lab on their off, you know, during their breaks or whatever. And I think that keeps them at Harper. People that maybe would leave, not get a certificate, not get a degree. They get support that maybe they're not getting in the outside world or, you know, they they don't have the internal mindset to finish something or even really start anything. Maybe they're thinking just one class, maybe mom's making them go. Then they find, wow. I I can can, do this cool stuff. I can do this. I like this. There's people here that like me, that exactly. are supporting me. Yes. I'm almost done. I don't have any more money. Oh, then someone's like, don't give up. We're going to find a way to help you finish this last class, these last two classes. That has always been what has happened. I've seen that happen time and time again. It has been the people that have kept students there and have helped them finish. They probably, you know, things are going on in their life, what have you, and they've been able to stay. And it was because the people that were in the program, the instructors and the director, and it's great. So with the new building, I can only see bigger things happening. More people, hopefully more women, realizing that this is, you know, you can probably make a living wage and I'm do sure something that's interesting. Yeah. Um, welders are, I mean, union yes. welders are very highly paid. They can be depending I'm, on where. Yeah. Right? So from your perspective, how do you get that younger generation interested in going into manufacturing yeah. or, or to get women interested in going into manufacturing to earn that living wage where they can make more money than they could in a different position? Support a family. Right. Right. Come in and see. That's why whenever I see kids, there's maybe not even a specific tour planned. It doesn't matter. I go in there. So they need to the see it and touch it and feel it well, and, and I mean, understand I think what's that, going you know, on. If they're there, I'm like, come on, come on. Even some of the ladies that work in the office that's in the same building, in the H building, one of them sort of thought she might want to take a welding class. I said, come on. You're poaching, you know, maybe these people that are going there to maybe learn like, a, I don't know, some kind of administrative skill. And you're saying, come on and check out the welding lab. You can, though. I could take you guys in five minutes. I could have you welding. What you would say is maybe it's intimidating to people and you almost need to be like grabbed, like, come on over and check this out. You know what I mean? And manufacturing isn't this like untouchable skill set. Anybody can learn it. Exactly. I, you know, and you just need to be brought into that and you need to have somebody to, you know, kind of deliver that same passion and, and motivate you to get trained. And like you said, you can get welding in five minutes. Yeah. And I think a lot of ladies and guys, but they maybe don't have the self-confidence. They don't, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm not a good student. It's not a a story. Yeah. There's some people that get sit in the classroom, but if you're going to get taught in a welding lab, yeah, there's going to be some book work and there's going to be some classroom work, but it's hands-on training. But I think too, working in the welding lab, I think gives some of these students a little bit more confidence that they maybe didn't have to go into the classroom and do the other classes that are part of the degree program. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also you have so many different people in the class, people that have been through 
life, you know, all different ages and everybody supports each other. You can That's, do it. I you know? love that. Yes. I love that. You know, we do, there are classes that require writing. Oh, I can't write. Yes, you can. Let's look at what you're trying to do. Don't give up. And that's all it takes is one person. Oh, they care. And we have instructors over there that, you know, those guys sent, hey, go to the writing lab. They show all the things that, you know, can help you at the school to be successful. And sometimes it takes just one person, you know, and a lot of people, that's all they need. And, you know, and that can just start everything. You could, you know, change your life and you don't even realize it. I feel like, you know, that same kind of theme runs in a lot of the manufacturing education circles that Jim and I talk in. When you look at like workshops for warriors, it really getting that training and developing that skill set really has boosted the confidence of some of these guys to say, you know, I can leave the military as a veteran and have this other skill set where I bring value to my family and to the country and, and everything like that. Or you go to like a, you know, Bethel New Life, who Jim and I do some things with and, you know, you, you have a person that maybe didn't know how to add value to their family and didn't have a skill set. Now they've really just seen their confidence boost by learning this new skill set. And, you know, the, the manufacturing industry really can bring some of these people together and really kind of, I guess, you know, inspire each other to really just develop themselves. I totally agree. The uh, workshops for warriors, that was great to listen to. I listened to yeah, that podcast. I think some of those guys, you know, with, oh, I'm not a man anymore. They're injured. Or, and yeah. this changes, you know, they're like, oh, wait, I am. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't my yeah. manhood, my yeah. leg or my whatever, you know. That, yeah. It doesn't define you. Exactly, yes. exactly. And so I do think that, you know, even if the kids or whatever, I'm, I'm a kid. Yeah. If you don't get a degree, if you just get the certificate, I think the experience of, you know, adding the skills to your list of things that you quote unquote can do and being able to get a job nowadays, I think that's huge. You know, it's a big, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you're, shortage. Yeah, you're, yes. your average manufacturing company, they're not going to say, well, do you have a degree? You know, they're going to they're going to see if you have a skill set and yes. maybe if you need a degree, they're going to, you know, start you off in a certain place and help you along that path. I mean, I don't know any manufacturers out there that aren't concerned about the future of their employment base. So, you know, we need to do everything we can in order to really get that elevated, you know, and get the training to people that are passionate, that maybe have a need for a, a skill set to help them in their in their lives. You and know? we have uh, connections, you know, we have uh, little marriages with a lot of companies in the area where we are educating people that already work there, or we have an internship program going with CNC, welding, all of those. And we're just, it's just going to grow bigger with the building that's being completed right now. In closing, Michelle, why don't you just tell our listeners, what was your aha moment where you said, man, this is, I can make a career out of this. Can you share that with our listeners? So many people probably said no, or they didn't they thought that was stupid, you know, and I love that. Success is the best revenge. Yeah, so, it motiva motivates you. Yeah, it yeah. certainly yeah. does. Um, I loved my job at United Parcel. I thought that was going to be my career. So sometimes things change, your plans change. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean anything. You you know, life goes on. And I figured out, wow, I can, this is what I want to do. You know, and you keep your plan just, you start to fold it, unfold it, figure out, oh, I want to teach here. I want to teach this. So this is what I have to do. So you just keep adding to your little plan and you just move on. And I think the biggest thing is that you have to believe in yourself too. That's huge. You may have people that are very close to you that are naysayers, not really supportive, not really on purpose, but you know, 
they're being protective of you. Like, um, why would you go into manufacturing? Yes. A gentleman that sounds at, like at a silly thing to do. said, you want to be a welder? And that's when I said, just like in the speech, I am a welder. So, um, can I be a welder? Yes, you, sure you can. can. You could teach me. Yes, I she could. She can, yes. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Maybe we should head over there someday. And let yeah, show, let's do it. Show yeah. us her talent. Fabulous to have you with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invitation. Really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Jason and I are just here again. We just love getting the word out of manufacturing. And, you know, we're big supporters of women in manufacturing. And we think it's for everybody. And we, we want to see more women come into the industry because it's not your grandfather's machine shop anymore. It's a, it's a very clean, sophisticated, skill set type, highly technical, highly paid jobs that can support a family for a lifetime. Yeah. As, as we've stated in previous episodes, yeah. you know, I mean, um, women and men think differently. I mean, we're, we're definitely different. And, you know, women can bring a different mindset to solving problems that, you know, you don't have in a shop that is just 100% men. And so it's I think that's diversity. one of the great things about having, you know, more diverse people in the manufacturing industry. I'm glad this is getting recorded. Yes. Yes. With that. Well, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Making Chips.